Hello and welcome to another episode of Deck Hockey Focus. We are your number one source of deck information, equipment reviews, and general entertainment. We'd like to start every episode with cracking a cold one with the boys. On tonight's episode, we got... Michael Holst. Eric Mock. Ryan Shackleford. And Zach Hurt. Tonight we're going to be talking about playoffs. Um... Uh, I want to take a moment to recognize we are going to talk about Franken goalie tonight. Uh, we really want more goalies on this episode before we start that, so we're going to po- postpone that until we can get Chad Shackelford and myself on the episode. Is it going to be a Thanksgiving goalie? Uh, we could do Thanksgiving goalie. Gobble, gobble. Make our turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Into David. You guys are all very buttery, too. Ooh, buttery. Ooh. Slippery slope. Anyway. All right. So last night was the uh, postseason winner's party, whatever you want to call it, with the cup down at the mound, uh, even though the mound, who was my pick, forfeited in the playoffs. <laughs> so great that I could still attend that. Uh, but so, yeah, I think we're going to run down the playoff winners and uh, give a little insight on on uh, each division there. What started in uh, D4, uh, QC Surge won over a Logo Pro uh, tight game. And I believe that went to the losers bracket, so it was a second final. And didn't uh, Logo Pro beat QC Surge initially to send them? Yeah, back? Yep. yeah, yep. So they they had to go to the second game. Uh, QC Surge won. I think that was Brendan Smith's team that he put together. So yeah, this ended up being actually a really good game. Uh, it actually right after after the first period, I had to call both captains to center ice. It was not typical, you know banging out hockey it was fucking it was literally brutal like they were trying to kill each other both teams i had stopped them i was like there's a difference between hard-nosed playoff hockey and what the fuck is happening right now yeah I, example. and i let them I know no game. it was just no it was just guys it's were just, just trying to run each other like because well, a lot a lot there. a lot of times in the playoffs we'll swallow the whistle just a touch just because like yeah, dude, you don't want to influence the game a ton, and mm-hmm. we know that everybody's given like literally all that they've got. Mm-hmm. So it's a different scenario when you're like trying to injure your it way. Was, to and a that, that's exactly what's happening. And I, I, I brought that point up. I was like, right now, after the first period, it should be nine power plays to nine power plays. It was just people trying to kill each other. And honestly, one of the guys that I had the biggest problem with, I didn't say anything to the captain of the team about who it was, but. It actually worked out really well because they went back to their benches and I we didn't end up having to call a penalty until the final three and a half minutes of the game, which was really unfortunate. But and I you know I I'm guessing now that the game's over and all of that the guy would totally agree. But he had he got two holding penalties in the same three second succession. I got it and then three seconds later he ended up tackling the player on a holding and Jeez. and uh, Cooley ended up making that call. And I actually had to pull Cooley to the side because we were both going to call holdings, and that comes out sounding like two minutes, but they were definitely two separate a, penalties. Two separate They're consecutive. Penalties, three seconds apart okay. calls made by me. Okay, so QC Surge takes down uh, Logo Pro in a good game. D4 Plus, who do we have? Well, following the uh, the Women's League, Dracos uh, took down, uh, beat Local 25, Plumbers and Pipefitters for the championship. In the first game, they ended up not going to a second game. It was. One win, seven. So six, they went out. Ooh. Oh nice. wow! Yeah, there's a lot of that. This there's year. a lot of speed on both teams. Well, overall, the whole playoffs there are a lot of OT, a lot of tight uh, one, two goal games. Yeah. I mean, local twenty five kicked out us in basically a coin flip game. Um, and you know, congratulations to them for making it to the finals. Uh, Tracos is a very, very well put together team. They worked well within the rules to put together a team that uh, had a lot of talent. Um, 
and you know it took them to the champ uh, to the finals, and it got them a cup. So congratulations to them. So in the the D three level, uh, I was ge- I was getting chirped a little bit by BD Bandits. <laughs> yeah. There will be we, we no call- apology. We called them fake news. Hey, you just got to acknowledge that we said they were fake news, and they went all the way. I mean, congratulations to them. You don't you don't go all there the will, way. There will be no apology because we we reported on what the league had put on the site. <laughs> just just to keep going. So when that game started, uh, I actually soon as soon as it started. Damview came out hot, and they 100% they were faster. And it looked like they even even their skill level was higher, too. And I figured no chance. Dan, I figured it was Damview all the way. And it got, Agreed. it was, what, 3-1, to one, I think, at some point to for Damview or something like that. And, and they were all good goals, too. Yeah, and then it was just, and then BD Bandits dug in and fucking they won that game. They played good and their two guys that had that could run with the the entire other team mm-hmm. took over. It was well, uh, Alex Sellers and um uh Bryce was it Bryce Bryce Alonso? Is that yeah. the longer okay. hair or yeah. whatever? No, he's got the longer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he overshifted a lot. Also, I think that was a smart move. They they made sure that happened. It was literally yeah. like they actually stopped playing together Sellers and him. They would only they would only cross over a little bit, but every other shift one like every shift one of them was out there. Yeah. Maybe a little crossover. What's How uh, how did our buddy uh, Devin Albee play? Albee played well on D. Albee played well on D. Solid. He took a slap shot to the groin area and oh, it looked man. so like he like took it and then like was like at, he was getting up as it happened and then just pff, straight back down to his knees i was like uh it's yes. so bad but, but he tried be, to struggle through it i'll be the goddamn warrior <laughs> yeah. and he came back and he won the cup with his yeah. team i will also say as it needs to be said um ryan plum played fantastic yeah he played out of his mind and also uh that game ended with basically a buzzer beater at the end of the first so they played four period full four full periods of deck yeah it went into almost it went full first super deep probably the longest game in the season and in the finals we go continuous overtime no shootout right bingo it's in the championship games are 13 not five the only team i've ever actually seen go to a second overtime was Public House slash Damview, uh, two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. two full years ago. So about four seasons ago, that game was nuts. I was actually refing that one. It went into uh, the fifth period, halfway through it. They almost got through the entire fifth, so second overtime. It was crazy. That game was nuts. I think it was. I think that game ended three to two as well. Wow, this is tight matchups. All right, in uh, D three plus, we had Hornbuckle toppling Mutiny. My pick. I picked um, Hornbuckle. As did I. I don't way remember. Would it be boys? I don't remember who we picked. You, historically on this show, we make terrible decisions. I guy. picked Mutiny. I picked Hornbuckle. Because they had Nikki and Nat. Decision. I picked I think Hornbuckle because they had Butner and Nat. Yeah. So one thing can we talk about real quick before we get into that? You guys were roughing this game. Yeah. And there's a lot of conversation going on about a goal that was called or not called. Oh, we'll with the review? You the goal line, You're talking about the review? Top. Yeah. So from my perspective, so I'll, I'll, I'll lead with this one because I have almost no comment. Um, I'm at the center line. So my objective is watching the net front traffic, the benches, mm-hmm. uh, all the behind the play stuff, calling for like tripping, slashing, stuff like that. Holt's primary objective is watching the goal line. Right. Mm-hmm. And as an official, you don't call a goal that you don't see go in. It's not, I think it went in, so I call it a goal. You have to definitively see a goal. So my theory has always been, or not theory, my rule 
has always been if an official calls a goal, you should almost never ever review that because they just saw it go in. So no one's going to override me in that scenario. So I'm guessing from his perspective, it may or may not have been in, but if he doesn't see it go in, you can't call a goal. So here, here's how it went for my. So what happened was is I'm, I'm guessing the shot just came from somewhere right above the slots because I didn't see where the shot came from. And the reason that I didn't call the goal is I never saw the puck in the net because I shifted my view from looking at the net to there was bodies in front of the net and I had looked up into the slot area where there was like three or four people. Sure. Watching for and slashes. Just, I, saw, well, yeah, I, saw, I saw a bunch of people come together, so I looked there and all I hear is the post and now the ball is sitting right behind the goaltender's foot and they cover. So nothing. Don't call anything. And so I, we go do our thing. We pull me and Mako to the side and we both immediately are like, I didn't see it. And Mock says, I didn't see it. And at that point, yes, in the playoffs, well, like, and we when don't you, when use you, the scorekeeper. When you say, when you say I didn't see it, though, it. when you say I didn't see it, that doesn't mean I wasn't looking. Right. I did not see a ball go in the net. Right. Yeah, no, I think it's a good question. And at that point, we I decided to use our scorekeeper <laughs> because he is another he is another outlet that we can use. And well, I'm plus not, he was I, eyeing. I, I'm not going to make a I'm not going to make a definitive no goal call when both of us are just like. I can't. I don't have enough don't information to make this call. I'm not just gonna be like, okay, well, we didn't say it. No sure. goal. When I can go just as easily to another person and ask them, and we got 100% definition that he saw it hit net, and we got to call that. Gerberth. Gerberth. So Gerberth was 100% wrong. I, I was on know, the goal man. line for it. I was standing in your spot, but on the other side. Objection. Speculation. Did not go in. Yes. So no, I'll, okay, okay. we can cut that part. What I wanted. No, to no, do no. I'm going to. I'm going to go with Gilbraith on this one. Here's here's the point Agreed. I want to make. No matter what you feel as a fan or as a player, you have to honor the refs, and ultimately yeah. you have to honor what the scorekeeper saw too. Exactly. Because they have they have the ultimate say, and he's you know, technically a ref. He can yeah. call a major if he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he's watching the play behind the ref, especially Which is another one thing ref, that I, I just. I can't stress enough how great James and Devin and Justin O'Brien were for me in these playoffs. And, as and, and you know keeper, what I'll, you know what I'll also say is Peter Matos as well. Peter yeah. Matos also was a great scorekeeper for me in these playoffs. Just, I think I think what makes we have good... got. Uh, I just need a hundred percent. Everyone needs to be staring at the plays all the time. Well, what I think it is is they would be there watching the games regardless. Uh, so they're just taking notes along the way. And versus a scorekeeper who is texting or doing something. Yeah, like you've got something that has almost 100% stopped. Scorekeeping has gotten so much better over the As the officiating has plummeted. Well, it's it's an important role, though. I mean, if they had the ability to call a major or influence a game with a goal or no goal decision, that's a key part of the game. Well, and I know I I only scorekeep one game this season. But if I see a ref that's, and I probably will cut this, but if I see a ref that's like, you know, on the edge and a little, like, hesitant um, as a more veteran scorekeeper. I will tell a ref if I saw something that I thought should have been called, and they'll keep an eye on it through the rest of the game. Totally Totally doable. Getting back on track, the reason I brought that up is, I mean, there was a lot of conversation about it. That that play didn't influence Well, it's a playoff, so there's going to be controversy. But it, it also kind of elaborates and provides insight on what conversations are happening between refs and with the scorekeeper. And how that process kind of flows. There's so much communication between Holst and myself when we're refing these games. Like with, I mean, whether it be just like hand signals for I'm I'm 
going right. to, I'm going to make a run on the playoff or uh, on the faceoff if there's like a quick break to the other end. Who's going here? Who's going in? there? Are we in on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, we're back. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but like, there's a lot of, of communication between us that you might not even see. Just even if it's just where's the faceoff, who's the goal, who's got the the goal, who's getting the points, and all that stuff. So, um, I mean, there's a ton going on. But I just absolutely love refing when there's two refs. And I and hats off to Cooley for filling in for Mock because he couldn't make the six o'clock. But me and Cooley call such completely different games. It was it was tough the first period. Cool. We, we ended up talking it out. You're more. Stringent. We ended up talking it out and getting a, on better page. But in the first period, like I called a penalty that he verbally said clean on, and that just is not good. Cause, no, because the guy caught the ball and Cooley called it good, and he literally caught the ball. The guy even came up to me after the game. He's like, you know. Like, it was a good call on that, but he's like, these gloves are, like, 15 years old. And I was like, and he's just like, I understand the call because it was the call. But it's like, damn, like, it fucking sucked because he said they were just so, like, just got fucking stuck. Sticky, sticky and terrible. Yeah. That's literally because you could see his hand was still open, but the ball it just stuck to his ball. Oh, and yeah. he just goes like this, and it stays on his glove, and then he drops it. <laughs> From the, like, old tape. Yeah, yeah just nasty shit on it. <laughs> I, I respect that when people are at least, like, you know they'll tell you that all right that's it that wasn't a bad call well, you know, stuff like and that. good good on danview number 19 they were calling him um yeah uh, just good, good on that guy that's why because we need, yes we, i understand the upsetness of danview because they lost they were bitching all game and i even went up to him a few times like hey you guys are tame now but they're gonna not be tame later and they lost on what they were calling a controversial no call and it wasn't it was Absurd. just bodies in front that went down and if, they if scored on and play. on that play if there would have been a no call uh, was, they, I mean, I mean, if there would have been a call, I mean, if you were arguing for why didn't you call that, it would have been the guy of theirs that was laying in the crease that physically wrapped his legs around, tried to be casual about it, but wrapped his legs around the player who was still standing there about to score. And so I was waiting for anything to happen. And if there was going to be a call, it would have been as a result of the guy laying on the ground who then was angry with me about. <laughs> so you guys are talking about no calls and I want to, I want to talk about, um, you know, if a ref doesn't call anything and people start losing their minds, can can you provide some insights? And, you know, I ref some junior games. I've ref some, some games, too. Um, I want to talk a little bit about why that happens, you know. And for me, the number one reason something doesn't get called is I don't see it. Well, yeah, I mean, you know? at the end of the day, it's, it's what we see is gospel. So if a player has a different view at something than the official does – that is of literally no concern to me. I process everything through my own vision and I can right. only look in one area at a time. Whereas your entire team, everybody's looking. I mean, if we had nine, 10 refs out there that were all, you know, looking at an individual, sector. looking at an individual player, it'd be a great game. We had 25 cameras out there, but uh, I mean, and also I don't respect your opinion because you are rooting for your team. Right. Of course you don't think it was a goal because <laughs> they scored it on you. Also, I Reasonable. can't stress enough. Just learn the rules. If you're going to bitch agree, know what's happening. Don't if I, cause I'm going to challenge you. If you were going to be like, why wasn't that a call? I'd be like, well, what did you want? And then you just say, "Oh, you got to call it." The guy that two-handed the guy. Come on. In the, oh, I was the just going to. I was actually just going to say. Oh my so, God! Yeah, hundred percent. So the thing is, he, they're like, the, but he's on the ground. The definition of high sticking is hitting someone above the shoulders. I don't care if his head is 
literally touching the floor, yep. still above the shoulders. That is high sticking. Also, the rule of hockey, you have to be in control of your own stick at all yes, times. you're responsible mm-hmm. for the your stick. The only way you hitting someone in the face with your stick isn't a penalty is if someone physically grabs your stick from you and hits another person in the face with it, in which case they will get in a holding the stick penalty. Yep. And I, I took a penalty a couple years ago where I, I was playing against a player who bent over, was like at my waistline. So, I mean, my stick would just happen to be there because that's about where I run with it at. And it contacted his face and I was pissed at the time. But given that explanation, totally makes sense. And, you know, well, for any for perfect, any players... Perfect example is fucking... Um, uh, her name is Lindsay Zerrell mm-hmm. playing for Chicks with Sticks. A few years ago, Wendy Fillion, she fall, yeah. she falls down. Lindsay Zero falls down. Wendy Fillion apparently thought fair game and cracked her in the teeth and broke her teeth, and then bitched about getting a high sticking call. And that was what I said yesterday. Is like the guy was saying that he was oh I was swinging for the ball when he just when he missed the ball Get and better. then cracked. Uh, uh, Butner in the face with a stick, right, right between the eyes, right between the eyes. And I, I gave him the old, I gave him the old mock explanation. If you're not shooting at the net and the ball goes in, I'm going to give you a goal. Still, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Yes, you meant to hit the ball, but you didn't. You hit I the like goalie that. in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. I'm calling it based on what just <laughs> happened. Yeah. Right, because no, you know, if I ask your opinion before I make every call, it's going to be a weird game. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of it's going to um, be fifty power plays to fifty power plays, and every shot now counts because you tried to score. Um, there's it's going to be a hundred and ninety to hundred and eighty five with fifty power. But that being said, we really let it ride. We did. I mean, Christ Almighty, there were a lot of like gray areas. And Holst and I, I don't even, I don't want to bring up calls that will admit that we screwed up, but there are a couple out there. Uh, well, no, that's true. That's true. Right, but, like but in if, the playoffs, if we, if, if, let but, the whistle go but that in being said, a little more. Overall, for you to 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 complain no. that we made yeah. a call, the ones that we don't make that are in a gray area that we are giving you the benefit of the doubt because it's playoffs, you know, we'll kind of let you get in that gray area a little further. I mean, and then when we actually call you, it's a penalty. Trust me, man. Well, I, I think that's my takeaway from the entire playoffs, too. I, and I think Robbie Jacobson um, said it best. He's like, that was the best officiating that has happened in recent memory. And he almost got kicked out because he had too many penalties. Yeah, <laughs> but he was like, it, the refs, you guys. Which game are you talking about? Um, just the championship games. The, you're, you're like the one that he played against you? Yeah, and then he played three plus right yeah, before the th- that too. Yeah, in the three plus game, yeah, that was the one he took two penalties. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of want to wrap this segment up here. Um, we could rant forever. Um, it's been that way so far. But I think I, I think I think the, the closing note to make about officiating is we completely understand your frustration because I'm the kind of guy who's going to rail the refs up and down. But you need to take a deep breath and think about it. And at the end of the day... Uh, what is it? You catch more flies with honey than vinegar. So if, especially if you know that it wasn't, even if it was a questionable call, you just have to assume there's no going back. We're not going to like retract our statements and things. Shut up, worry about killing the penalty off. And now we're on your side because like we didn't have to hear you 
ranting and raving and all of this and building tension. And now we can right, focus yeah. on calling a good to game. To the honey and vinegar point, and back to the damn view, I remember his name. They called him Ray. His name was Ray. Uh, very good player. He's probably their best player. But he was doing the honey while the rest of his team was doing the vinegar, and I tried to. I was letting him know like they're going to get in trouble, but they didn't. They they held it down. I think because he talked to him. <laughs> I thought he was being condescending at first. I did too. He was he, like, not, "I really, was. I really thought that was a good call," and I want to just be like, "Dude, shut the, go back to your bench." And then like, but he was serious. He had he like, he had he kind serious. eyes, and I was like, "Oh, you're just a nice person." <laughs> Why are you? Be, you're what are you nice doing? You're just trying <laughs> to win by scoring. That's. Weird. <laughs> And I, I think um, I want to I want to wrap this all up, but like everybody on this podcast has a pretty good knowledge of the rules. Um, Just if, believe me, as a referee, I'm not trying to ruin your season. Yep. I'm calling. We're calling the game well, to I the mean, best of our abilities. We're just fans, man. We're fr- we're fans, and we just want front row seats. To yep. the opposite <laughs> effect of that, I don't give a shit about you. I want to. Co- well, I just want to see a good game. We want to see sweet <laughs> goals. Yeah. yeah. Um, Marty called. Like Marty called me on a roughing penalty, and after the game, you know, I went up to him. And I said that was the right call. It was a hundred percent textbook a roughing penalty, um, and you know my my point is you know everybody on this podcast knows the rules. We know what is a good what is a good call and what is not a good call. If anybody has any questions while watching a game, feel free to ask us, and we will explain a little bit of what the mind of the ref is. Um, now we will not tell you that should have been a call or shouldn't have been a call, but we can kind of outline what the ref was thinking and maybe fifty percent of the room would totally tell you. I was gonna say I feel like I'm relatively opinionated, so let's tell you exactly what's happening. Call in we'll take live caller questions. Fine, fine, fine. Personally I will tell you what I think the ref is thinking and why something wasn't or was not called. Or was or wasn't called. Um and hopefully that'll assuage some of your concerns. And here's the other thing you gotta think about Sometimes we just don't see it. Hornbuckle over uh, QC Mutiny D3 Plus team. Uh, QC Mutiny was also in the D2 uh, playoff game against Dailies. Shackelford, who won D2? Uh, I think that would be uh, my boys and I with the Dailies. Well, I think think we can all agree that it was just pure uh, defensive shut down D and then amazing offensive firepower that carried that team. I think just so, so I, other I than goaltending, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was that team is defense first with how fast they are. None of them like, but no, you, Oh yeah. Dailies. The dailies team is 100%. Cause I would say mutiny is high, high octane offense. Yes, I agree. And in this case, defense one and, I would say that they do have uh, the dailies have Colin Karstens, who is one of the best players in deck hockey. I he is super underrated because when you look at him, you're like that guy can't game. That guy can't play deck hockey. Like he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the hands and stuff. Karstens, he is just he battles so hard. He won't quit. He, no, never. And he's faster than you. And he just ends up. It, it somehow it's. In He's a head. tough guy. Every fucking time. It, like it's not good looking, but it is super yeah, effective. It's, it's so effective. Well, uh, I, I think Hurston's. I mean, not only is it our captain, but he's also kind of a that player. And so I had this conversation with this with these guys after they beat Mutiny to send them to the losers bracket and had the dailies go to the finals. And it was the same conversation as last year. That's the that's what they did to Mutiny last year, and they ended up. Mutiny ended up coming back and beating them to win the championship. Mm-hmm. In OT as well. So I'm looking at this right now, actually. It was a 4-3 game. And shots on net, QC Mutiny with 54. Yeah. 
dude, they were firing away. I mean, 40, 45 for, for smoking dogs. So, you know, no slouch there, but anytime you're above 50 shots on net, you're playing a good game. And yeah. I don't want to give Shaq any credit, but I mean, he had like a nine, five save percentage. And in both you know, of those games, the one to the one, the semifinal winners bracket game and the final game, the goaltending was on, was on display. Just both, both goalies. Andrew. Yeah. Williams Andrew played great. Played phenomenally game winner. Ben Sparkman from Colin Carson's. Yep. You know, I wasn't there, but I'm just assuming Shaq finally started picking up his glove. No, not true. A little bit higher? Nope. No, they just low? They, would, just low? they forced all shots to the other side. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Fake news. Well, good defense then. I mean, that's <laughs> half a point in goaltending. I'll say that all day. Well, good work, Shaq. We're all super, super, super proud yeah. of you. Yeah, the best job, goalie man. that we've all ever seen. Blah, 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 blah. And I guess we'll go back to Shaq for the next one, the two plus. <laughs> it was Coffeehound versus uh, Eric Mox Warriors. Shaq, who won that game? Uh, I believe that would be uh, my boys in bright yellow there, Coffee Hound. Controversy. No controversy. There whatsoever. is no controversy over this. Controversy. There was no controversy. It was controversy. a great game, and this one was more of a shootout, though. This we... was Ryan Shackelford's first championship. It was. One at 6 o'clock, the other was at 9 o'clock. Yep, we nice. played... That's a long time. We played above our skill level. 100%. Like, even if you go back and you listen to episode 13 where we're all doing predictions, the first thing out of my mouth was, was not you. Warriors will not win. And I'm looking at, holy cow, we've got the championship tomorrow. Like, none of us saw this coming. And then we played it to the final whistle. And the, the reason that I was kind of shouting controversy there was... Uh, I got a pass from John Jurace just on the tape, baby. Shaq, like 30 seconds left. Shaq has his glove like hovering on his knee like normal. <laughs> and my eyes light up like it's Christmas morning and I just plunk the peg. And then what's the first That's thing that I hear? Once, it, was even, it was even the inside of the post. Once the post crazy. stops ringing, all I can hear is Pat cackling like a hyena while the rest of the deck is silent god it was just demoralizing and then afterwards i got big d coming up to you like mike you realize if you wouldn't have hit the post there and you would have scored it would have gone into ot (laughs) yeah i do big d thanks for drilling that home here's what mock is not acknowledging and he's giving me shit totally appreciate that um but what actually happened on that play is he caught my arm it that hit me fake news i made that I, I'm not going to say I made that save. I think you hit my Fake news. arm, but it hit me first before the post. The Fake way news. I saw it, I did not see it that way. I did not either. I saw Eric Mock just, just miss. It was yeah. such a good no. shot. That game, it was super good. I There was not a bad playoff game. Or finals game, and I want to no, give I want to I want to give the shout out uh, to honestly. I think they carried us through the playoffs. Stegman and Ob split time the entire playoffs on D. Ob stepped up and played out of his mind, and Stegman is just a good player, top to bottom. But he's got that extra bit of competitive edge, and uh, and we also saw that in D one, which we're going to get to here in, in just a minute. But con- congrats to Coffee Hound. I mean, they just play. They play really well, man. They're just a, they're a top. Bobby on another championship. They're, they're a top. They're a top to bottom team. We can't get too good mad. Good job, about Bobby. That. Speaking of uh, Bobby Cassatt championships, uh, QC Crew taking down Palmer. That is not a Bobby. And uh, I guess I guess my point is, speaking back, this is a Bobby storyline. Bobby was not there. Nick was not there, and QC Crew still took down Palmer, mostly because of the two kids on their team, uh, Kramer and Stone. Uh, those kids putting up major Unreal points, good. putting the game in. Um, and you know, QC crew, they, they're showing that they are a talented organization that knows how to build within and watching those junior players come up 
and when to pick them up. I mean, we talked about it in the previous episode. They need to start watching John Race. The confidence on Stone John Patton Jarrace plays and for Duck City, by the way. He's also D one. Yeah, he's already D one. Like, there's nothing to pick up there. No, he's the a- point. Okay, so the point <laughs> is, these kids, like watching them all year and watching them in these finals games, Kramer understands that he is small he's and so plays confident. like the biggest player on he's the so confident yeah he won so many battles last night well and they're on both of those guys played on coffee hound too and playing behind them kramer probably 130 pounds on a good day goes in the corners doesn't care against 220 and goddamn wins so going into that palmer was undefeated uh qc crew lost to dominoes uh the what the first game of the playoffs for mm-hmm. d1 and then crew wins out um but the first night game uh crew facing elimination uh palmer basically staring at the trophy it's raining and i don't think there was a single guy on palmer with water shoes and, and there was it only was one guy on crew with wa- without water shoes. yeah well I, I think it's an unwritten rule at this point you absolute play factor you it is, absolute it is factor okay. and Nick makes them get them and i'm surprised that charlie Drace doesn't have them yet and this brings Charlie us to the only player who doesn't have him. Right to our cold read. No way. I think we need to touch on um, fucking the goalies. Can we talk a little more? Yeah. yeah Absolutely. So uh, I was going to say, so going in, going into the D1 championship game, people were asking my predictions, whatever. And I said, this game is going to come down to a battle between, I said, either the MVP is going to be Scott Stegman or it's going to be Jody. <laughs> and, it, and it was Scott Stegman. And Jody Jody played a great game. Yeah. But Steggy had three goals. I don't know if he had an apple in there, but also the MVP is still Kramer. I don't care if he scored zero points in that game. I, I, yeah, I Dude, agree. Kramer I agree. But hundred thirty pounds. That kid is He took on yeah. he took on Bobby Hauser. He took on fucking Adam Liebinger Grown and won man. those battles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He won them ninety percent of the time. <laughs> he played literally thirty pounds, plays like he's and Literally like, no fear. Well and they're literally like, he got in so many he got in so many people's heads that he got a power play for QC Crew at the end of the game because, or like with like four minutes left in a tie game. I completely because the forgot guy put about him that. over Harvey. Yeah, from behind. I didn't see that. Yeah, Cross so Harvey him over Harvey as Harvey covers. Harvey covers. Harvey sprawled out, and uh, uh, Kramer's like coming in just and hits the brakes right in front of Harvey and just gets dumped. Just cross checks him right over on top of Harvey. Shit, spilled him. Yeah. So. Amazing, amazing game. And also, can we just say Harvey? Played freaking yeah, lights out. The kid was an animal. Yeah, he's he was. so. The save he, didn't mean anything, but with one second left in their first game, sickest save I've ever seen in my life. Unreal. Oh, I my. didn't see it. Tell me. Literally, about it. it was the it was the classic NHL. Like he's not even he's not even on this post. He's outside of this post and puts his glove on the goal line and just. snags it from behind and harvey's got a full split so harvey's a little guy so he plays out pretty far and i would say within the last two years his ability to move post to post and to like come out challenge goaltender in deck hockey and it's not even it doesn't yeah it doesn't even make sense like his agility is off the charts if there was a chubby cheetah of of goaltending it's him it's it's, not uh, he's the yeah, he's more chubby cheetah than this guy. Yeah, no, Harvey. And it's, it's because he upgraded to the sliders. It helps no, him so much. I disagree. It's not his pads. His I pads think it's have the fact n- that he doesn't wear breezers. I, his pads have nothing to do. He wears shorts. He's, he wears fucking basketball shorts as a goaltender. Yeah, he won. Fuck he's that. Agile. He's, he's flexible. 
And his reaction time is he has to have he has right to now. have no yeah. nerve endings in his thighs. I I don't know how he does that. I hope he wears reasons. a cup at least. Oh, obviously, yeah, he's, he's playing D one goaltender. I put. <laughs> I wear a cup. I but wear the a thing goalie is, cup, and then I. Have I can. On. I can tell you for sure. He does not use a goalie cup. Your he uses a. He uses a fucking baseball cup. That's yeah. what I use. He does not use a goalie cup. I mean, playing, that's all you need. He's no, playing you against don't. Pat. He's playing against all these. I get. I get hit in the balls, and it still hurts, and I'm wearing. Say, not, dude. Getting hit. Do in the balls. Do you have like the most sensitive testicles out of every? Well, goal. you got to understand. I goal real shots. You pay a goal. A goal. A goaltender. A goaltender cup. I mean, I'll shoot on you. It it protects like your. Your area. It's the whole groin. Yeah, it's, it's the whole not, cod piece. Goalie yeah, cups are so just, comfortable. It's not absolutely fearless. That jock strap you think of when right. you're playing baseball, it covers yeah. your entire. See, that's all I wear, and that's normally enough for me. I think a huge but factor. But I do take them in the in the like groin area. You get, feel it. You should yeah. get a goalie cup. Goalie cups are super comfy. Yeah. No, they're only like fifty bucks too. But so, uh, anyway, anyway, uh, a huge factor in the D one uh, that I was thinking about was uh, penalty killing. Yeah. There were QC crew didn't give up a single power play yeah. in the final game, and they had four power plays. Shuttered down. Well, and everybody likes. Well, I don't know if everybody likes to, but everybody likes to give crew shit because they are so good year after year, and I think this year proves it for them that without their quote unquote top talent of Nick and Bobby, not quote unquote, this is their top talent. Okay, fair enough, but. They still went out and won, and what they did is they just stuck to their systems and the processes. You know, you know one and thing. That I think killing, that they're the best at it. Obviously, we give everyone gives QC Crew every fucking bit of praise Shit. and all this stuff. But I think one thing that goes under the radar for them, they're the only team that you see two things they do that nobody in deck hockey does: delayed penalties and shift changes. Oh God, yes. If there's a delayed penalty, their first move. Get it all the way back into their zone. Get their goalie off. They're and get resetting. a player on. It's They're the same thing with their changes. Yes. They send a guy back. Two guys change. He drops the ball. He changes. Yeah. No. The two guys that came on. The guy that holds the ball while two guys change. Yeah. He cho- he drops it to the two new guys on behind the net. He goes mm-hmm. off. Yeah. And it's. 100 percent effective. No, you never see them take a bad bad change. No, they're the, they're the best at it, and I I now see teams trying to emulate it. But they want they scored on a they scored on a delayed. Uh, high sticking yesterday because they they don't care like they don't need to get to the power play to be the best now they're just, they're just going to play four and three for as long as they can and they scored on it that's a power they play. scored on that's the delay well, and they, they, they take it yeah they take a ton of time off the clock as yeah. well yeah and and burn out their maybe best defenseman if those guys are on the deck at the same time goalie doing up downs left and right yeah. where they're still on like a four minute power play at that on, point four on three is so much more effective than a three on two in my Absolutely. opinion too agreed all right, so running back down all the winners, uh, Crew takes D1, Coffee Hound in 2+, plus, Daly's in D2, Hornbuckle takes 3+, plus, BD Bandits, uh, who we called Fake News. Good job. If I'm giving the Party Hardy Award, it's going to go to BD Bandits. Oh. Uh, anybody that was there uh, <laughs> at, the, at the after party is going to know that uh, BD Bandits let it fly. Well, we gotta moving on to Trey. Well, I, one more thing, and this might be something that might be edited, and maybe we just cut it out. But I think BD Bennett's and Damview played four times in the playoffs. Really? How's that possible? I think because the, the, the way the playoffs are set, yeah. put them into the losers bracket. Oh, into the one, into the single game elimination. Or no, they, yeah, maybe they played three times. In they a only row. I don't three. remember. Yeah, but like they played a lot yeah. against each other. 
All right, so we got QC Crew taking D1, Coffee Hound in 2+. plus. Uh, D2 went to Dailies. Great game there. Hornbuckle takes 3+, plus. BD Bandits, D3. 4+, plus goes to Tracos, and QC Surge rounding out D4. Those are all your winners. Congratulations to and, and, all and, of and another shout-out to the women's winner, Tracos, as well. Yeah. And in Waterloo, we had Irish Mafia taking D3. Uh, D2+, plus is still not decided. What happened in Springfield? Uh, Springfield, Zach, uh, Freiburger's the, team won. The Peoria Mustangs. Yeah, Peoria they, Mustangs. They called themselves the Peoria Mustangs. They yeah. absolutely yeah. slaughtered the other team. I thought it was like 13-0. It was like, no, it was like 13-5. It, it, it was a slaughter. We'll be looking for them in the center, summer tournament. Then. Yep. <laughs> Congratulations to them. Good work, everybody. This episode of Deck Hockey Focus is brought to you by Two Refs Per Game. In the playoffs, we got to see it. Uh, it is the most efficient system. And I think we can all agree that if you hate officials the way that probably everyone does, uh, you'll love two officials. Because why not? Twice as much of a bad thing. Uh, making the playoffs great. Two refs. Look for it in the future. All right, so a lot of good content here tonight, I think. Uh, and tonight, I think the biggest thing that I personally learned is that the BD Bandits are out of control good, and they party like rock stars. Squatch, <laughs> of everything tonight, what'd you take away? Um, I learned that in life and in deck hockey, all it takes to separate you from the next guy down is just an extra 10% of effort. A little bit of effort. Shaq, what do you got for us? What'd you learn? I think the what we realized in the playoffs and kind of what we talked about earlier is the two rough system is goddamn amazing, and we should probably have it for every game. I'm a big fan. Holst, what are you teaching me today? I learned that referees don't have eight eyes. That is true. We have no spider refs. That is very tough to But if you with. buy the rain shoes, you might be Spider-Man. You know what? I actually do want to touch on that, too, is I learned that rain shoes are super important. No, but uh, I think that wraps it up for another episode of Deck Hockey Focus. Uh, for everybody here, it's been Eric Mock. Ryan Shackelford. Zach Hurt. Michael Holtz. So with the season winding down, we only have one, maybe two episodes left for the rest of the season. Uh, probably sometime around the Winter Classic. Uh, we want to thank everyone that's helped us out with Deck Hockey Focus. Um, first of all, I know we've already done it, but Kevin Kwok, huge with the board that we have here. That we Everyone may have seen it at the uh, summer tournament. Yep. Um, also, we want to thank Colin McMillan, Devin Albee, Ryan Donahoe. All executive Chad producers. Kennelly. Chad Kennelly, obviously. I wish we could see him more, but whatever. And, and Athena. And yeah, Athena, Athena, and Athena for doing the women's and Joe Timpson. Yeah. Joe Absolutely. Timpson also is an unspoken Joe, Joe member Timpson of too. our team. So yeah, we just we just want to make sure they get their credit where, and it's definitely due. And Absolutely. anybody who comments this, shares this, yeah. like we love the banter, even if it's negative. Yeah. Like we just guys, we love it. And I I can't Thank harp on it enough. It is super helpful. Please, if you like the episode, just share it out. We like. I mean, I know that YouTube's not our main platform, but if we're only getting a few views on there, it's kind of, it kind of it's kind of hurting us to even put it on there. It's a lot of effort that we put in. So if you like it, just share it out. Yep, and I think that that cuts it. Thank you so much for watching, and or listening tonight, and uh, keep it all deck.